0: We are on Ksubis, the bottom of Samach Dalad Omid Aleph 64a, as our Gemara will conclude its discussion about the Morid and Moredes, the husband who rebels or the wife who rebels. Uh, again, uh, there, it's, everybody agrees that uh, we we're discussing a case where they rebel in terms of um, being intimate, that they refuse, one of them refuses to be intimate, physically intimate. Uh, and then there's a argument if it's also including... Other obligations. The husband has an obligation to support his wife. What happens if he refuses to do that? Uh, or the wife has certain obligations in terms of what she does at home. And what if she refuses to do that as well? And in the Mishnah, the Mishnah mentioned that for her, the, the, um, the penalty is that we redu- reduce her ksuba. We reduce her ksuba. There was a dispute whether we reduce her ksuba by uh, seven dinarim or by seven tarpekin. Uh, Seven dinar or seven parkeen different types of uh, currency. Uh, For him, we add on to our xuba as a penalty. We add on to the xuba. If he refuses, we add on to the xuba three. Again, the same dispute whether it's three dinar or three tarpekin, but we add on three. The gemara, we will see momentarily. We'll discuss why there is a discrepancy between seven and three. We'll get to that soon. Uh, But we mentioned in the past also the Jerusalem Talmud. The Talmud Yushami already discusses this question and says that the reason for the difference is because uh, it's really symbolic, that the number seven reflects uh, the seven obligations that the wife has towards her husband. And three, the reason why we increase three, if the husband uh, rebels and refuses to uh, provide, so then that's because the husband has three biblical obligations towards his wife. And so it's really symbolic. But we'll see from our Gemara... That our Gemara seems to be taking a uh, different approach. Okay, so the Gemara first wants to know Tarpekin. My Tarpekin. What is Tarpekin? How much is, we said uh, that it's seven Tarpekin. What is seven Tarpekin? So, Amr of Sheshis, Astira. It's uh, so the seven Tarpekin is is uh, what we refer to as Astira. Become Astira, and how much is an Astira? Palga de Ends up being Palga de Zuza. It is one and a half Zuz. One and a half Zuz. Um so it comes out if it's one and a half Zuz, so then let's say um it comes out that uh a tarpic, one tarpic is uh one and a half zus which is the same as six um that is the same as three most. It's the same as three most. So one tarpic is three most. Um And so we'll see. Tanin Amiyachy, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Shlosha Tarpekin Shehain Ma'in. for three Tarpekin. We said that we add three Tarpekin for the husband uh, towards the Ksuba towards Riksuba. It's part of the penalty is that if the husband refuses, we add three Tarpekin towards the Ksuba so that she benefits from it and he loses. Uh, So three Tarpekin is main. It's uh, three times three, which is nine Ma'in. So how much is it for every day? It ends up being, if it's nine Ma'in for the week, so excluding Shabbos, it ends up being one and a half per day. We have six days of the week besides for Shabbos. Ends up being one and a half Ma'os per day. So if the husband is Moray, he is the one who's rebelling, so then the way we penalize him is by adding for every day, but we add one and a half per day, which is a total of... Nine, right? For six days it's a total of nine. For the wife, if she rebels, we reduce from Riksuba. So we reduce from Ricksuba. The way it works is that instead of it being uh one and a half, uh we um sorry, instead of it being uh yeah, one and a half per day, one and a half uh um, per day, instead of it being for for the husband it's one and a half per day, for the wife, we would re- we reduce it um the maos. Sorry, start over again. This is the math. So, for the husband, uh, it's uh, essentially it is three tarpic. We add on to the ksuba three tarpic. if he is the one who's rebelling. We penalize him by adding to the ksuba. We add three tarpik, which is um, one and a half mos per day, which is a uh, a half of a tarpic per day. It's a half of a tarpik uh, for one for one day. Uh, ends up being three, right? One a half of a tarpik for every day, ends up being three tarpikin for six days, excluding Shabbos. For the wife, if she's the one who's rebelling, so then we have seven tarpik, which ends up being one per day. So instead of it being for the husband, it's uh, we add to the ksuba and therefore penalize him by adding a half per day. So it comes out to three, excluding Shabbos. If the wife rebels, we reduce from the ksuba one tarpik per day, but we include Shabbos. For a total of seven. So essentially we are deducting from her xuba one tarpic per day, uh, including Shabbos. So the difference really between the husband and the wife ends up being, do we deduct one tarpic or do we deduct a half a tarpik per day? Uh, but what also comes out is that on Shabbos for the husband, uh, when he is the one who's rebelling, we do not add to the ksuba on Shabbos. But if when she's rebelling, so then we deduct from the ksuba, so then we do deduct from the Ksuba, even on Shabbos. So the Gemara then asks, What's the difference? Why is it that when it comes to Shabbos, we say, you know what, for if the husband's rebelling, we do not penalize him on Shabbos. But when the wife is rebelling, we do penalize her on Shabbos. What's the difference between the two? So the Gemara answers, Essentially, it, the, there's a problem on Shabbos when we anytime there's a monetary issue on Shabbos, there's a problem called Skar Shabbos. One is not allowed to do business dealings on Shabbos. One cannot uh, be, get paid for something that they do on Shabbos. It's not allowed because it is a rabbinic prohibition. That it looks like it's a, it's a sale, um, and that's that itself is a prohibition because you're going to come to write it down. There's concern that you come to write it down. One is not allowed to perform transactions on Shabbos. So when we penalize him. And we increase her ksuba, an increase that looks like a benefit from Shabbos. That's not allowed, so we're not allowed to do that for Shabbos. It's not allowed. However, explains the Gemara, when we uh, deduct the ksuba, when she is the one who's rebelling, and therefore we reduce the ksuba to reduce the ksuba. That is not like uh, that's not comparable to benefiting on Shabbos. We, uh, with the way the husband is benefiting, is just because it's very. Uh, indirect. It's uh, through uh, the fact that the wife is losing out from Riksuba. We're not giving her more. We just deduct the value from Riksuba and therefore that is something which you can do on Shabbos. Uh, And that's what the Gemara says. So this actually leads to a very big discussion when it comes to um, uh, getting money or getting paid for work that a person does on Shabbos. Uh, There's a big discussion about uh, how does a chazan get paid for the work that he does on Shabbos, or anybody else who who works on Shabbos, uh, a youth leader? How do they uh, how do they get paid on Shabbos? So there's one concept called havla, which is that we are not paying them for what they do on Shabbos, but we're paying them for the week, for the week. We pay them a certain amount for the week because they pre- uh, preparation or they do other things during the week where they're also being paid for that. So as long as they're doing it for the week or for the month or for the year, but it's not specific to Shabbos, so then that's allowed. Now, Tosos, in fact, even asks here too, Is are not we deducting seven tarpe- uh, tarpekin per week? And so too for him, we are adding, if he rebels, then we're adding to the Xuba per week. The answer is no. Over here, it's really not per week. If any, either one, if the husband or the wife were to stop rebelling in the middle of the week, we would not penalize them for the entire week. We would only penalize them per day up to the point in time in which they uh, they stop rebelling. They, they, they agree to, the, to what they're supposed to do for the marriage. So, havla wouldn't apply in our case. But other interesting discussions come up in terms of, let's say, a person is not active. They're not actively involved. So, um, let's say they, they bought a lottery ticket and then they win the lottery on Shabbos, but they're not actively involved. Or, let's say, they have a website and they keep their website open on Shabbos. Are so you allowed to keep your website open on Shabbos and then you benefit from it? So that itself is a, is a very, very big discussion. Um, perhaps Ruchaim R- 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 uh, Salavitchik says that uh, anything which is um, done on its own would be allowed. If it's done on its own, it would be allowed. If you're not pro, if you're not actively doing something, the whole prohibition is just to actively do something on Shabbos. But if it's being done on its own, instead, so then it's allowed. So perhaps that would make it allowed. Uh, There's also one final point on this is that uh, the Ritzvah points this out that it seems from our Gemara that if we deduct from the, uh, if we we pay somebody not by giving them uh, a salary but by uh, removing a loan so then it sounds like it's allowed. So the Ritzvah says no, that's not necessarily clear. Maybe in this case, this is not, uh, the wife is not working, this is really just a penalty. But if you have somebody who's really working, they're doing something and the payment is not in the form of money but the payment is in the form of of uh, Forgoing a loan So then maybe that would not be allowed The Ritva says that might not be allowed uh, Otherwise it would be a very easy way Of paying somebody on Shabbos We just provide them with a loan before Shabbos And then they could work for us And say you know what we forgo the loan But uh, the Ritva says that that is not allowed Okay so that was question number one In terms of the discrepancy between the husband and the wife Moving on to Samu Talam and B's, 64b the Gemara continues and says Well what about the other discrepancy? So number one is that on Shabbos She's penalized, but he's not. And we explained why that is. It's based on the principles of Sechar Shabbos. But, but what's the difference? Why is it that when we penalize them per day, uh, for the husband, it's a half a tarpic, and for the wife, if she rebels, so then she's penalized by a whole tarpic. So the Gemara gives two answers to this question. So the classic form of rebellion, or perhaps the only form of rebellion that the Mishnah is discussing, is with regards to refusing to be intimate. Uh, refusing to be physically intimate. And so the Gemara's first answer is, is that even if they both refuse, but the impact that it has on the other one is different. It says that when the wife rebels and refuses to be physically intimate with her husband, that has a stronger, uh, more significant pain towards the husband than the other way around. When the husband refuses to be intimate with his wife, so then it's less painful. And the proof for the Gemara is that uh, who is the one who goes to zonos, to prostitutes, it's uh, the men. The men go, because they're the ones who have the, the, uh, the stronger amounts of pain when they're not uh, physically intimate. And so therefore, uh, that's why we penalize her more than we penalize him for refusing. Uh, because the impact is stronger when the husband is uh, not allowed to be physically intimate. The second answer is that uh, physically there's besides for the, the, uh, the desire that's being re- uh, rejected, uh, but besides for that, there's also the embarrassment element. And for when it comes to the husband, his embarrassment is for all to see. Everyone will see the embarrassment that uh, the Gemara describes it, uh, that in terms of, the, of his kishui, just physically, you could tell that uh, he has certain needs and certain desires, but you could tell his embarrassment. But when it comes to the wife, you cannot tell that uh, she was rejected. It's not physical. It's not uh, out there. And so therefore, uh, the embarrassment element doesn't apply to her. That is what the Gemara says. And that's why there's a discrepancy in terms of the amounts between him and her, whether he refuses or she refuses. And also, the other point was that the other discrepancy was Shabbos, and we discussed that as well. So let's begin the Mishnah. There's a new Mishnah now. New Mishnah. The Mishnah says, what happens if, let's say, uh, the classic case is what happens if the husband is traveling, is away, and therefore he has to support his wife. How much does he have to give his wife in terms of food, in terms of clothing, in terms of other things? What does he have to give his, his wife exactly? Uh, according to the Rambam, he says that it could even be if the husband is around. The husband could also decide and say, you know what? Uh, and instead of uh, us sharing everything, so then uh, this is how much I'm going to give you. This is the amount that I'm going to give you, and... Uh, and uh, this is my former payment to you for every week or, uh, or every so often, as we'll see. So, what is this list? What is included on, on this list? So, the Gemara, the Mishnah says as follows Number one is that in terms of food, we do not give to her less than two kav of wheat or four kav of barley. Barley is viewed as less uh, significant and therefore if he were to give her barley he has to give more barley than wheat wheat is more significant this is per week per week for sustenance Amar um, says that only Rishmal who was near Edom gave her barley only Rishmal who was near Edom gave her barley because otherwise barley is too too insignificant we wouldn't allow giving barley what else does he have to give he also has to give her a cove of legumes a half a log of oil a cove of dried figs um, or the weight of man uh, of figs and if he doesn 't have these fruits so then he has to give other fruits from somewhere else give basically you have to give you have to give food that 's an interesting discussion um, we say that if he does he really can 't afford it the Rambam points this out that if he really can 't afford it he can 't afford to give food so they must get divorced because uh, this is not fair to his wife, uh, that the husband is not able to support his wife, and so therefore they would have to get divorced. But there's a big discussion, what can't he give to her? It could be that uh, it's limited only to the, to the bare minimum in terms of to survive, which would be not the fruit uh, and uh, not the oil, but specifically with regards to the bread. Bread is what's necessary, the, the wheat, the, the barley. Um, but others disagree and says it's referring to all these. But it's just an interesting, important uh, machogus dispute there. What else does he have to give her? Nosan lamita, a bed, mapa to machzelas and a mattress. la erosha, he has to give her a, a head covering so that she has a head covering. a belt for her waist. Minalei Moed, and every so often new shoes. Perhaps specifically uh, from holiday to holiday, we know that uh, from yontiv to Yantiv, we know that on on the yamim tovim during the holidays of Pesach, uh the three holidays, so there's a mitzvah of simcha of Providing simcha of providing happiness to one's family, to one's wife, and that's done for for women by buying them clothing. So they have to have new shoes for each of the holidays, the and new garments with fifty amount of fifty dinar to provide from year to year. That's how much uh, he has to give her. They have that amount to buy new new clothing. Um, and uh, it has to be seasonal. It has to be seasonal. What's worn in the summer, you buy for her in the summer. If it's in the winter, it's for the winter. Um, and give her fifty dinar in the rainy season, um, and then what's, what she wears in the rainy season, the old clothing she could wear in the summer as well, uh, and it belongs to her. All that clothing belongs to her. What else does he give her? She receives a ma a silver ma coin for for the rest of her needs um, uh, the, the for every week I believe they have to eat together every Friday night every Friday night they have to eat together uh, some say that the reason for that is that they have to eat together because Friday night is the time that uh, set aside for being physically intimate and so therefore uh, they should also have a nice dinner together or perhaps it's because of COVID Shabbos it's to honor Shabbos uh, but uh, at the very least, they should eat together on Shabbos, according to the commentators, that he's not around, it means he has to come home, if he's traveling, if he works during the week, and he's not at home, he has to come home Friday night, he has to come home Friday night, he, he has to come home from his trip, if he's not able to provide with the silver ma coin, which you mentioned for her other needs, so then the extra money that she makes from her earnings, she gets to keep, she gets to keep the extra money, Mahi osalo, continuing with the second half of the Mishnah. What does she have to do for him, um, in terms of her work and uh, what she through that work, what she gives to him, the work of the prophet that she makes? Mishkal chamish slaim shese She must spin wool uh, worth five sella of threads in Yehuda. Shein eser slime begalil, which is equivalent to ten sella in Galil. In Galil, uh, in Yehuda, the amount of a sella is worth more, so it's only five in Yehuda. And it's ten in Galil, and that's if um, she spins the uh, so the wool uh, through the warp, um, which is uh, harder. So therefore, she has to do less. But if it's um, um, but if it's uh, the arev, if it's the woof, if it's the woof, so then Omishkal Esther slime slim areve biyhudah shein slime So that's easier to do, and so therefore we want her to do more. And it has to be the amount of 10 selah in Yehuda, Which would be the equivalent of 20 sela in Gala Basically she has to work to make a certain amount If she is nursing um, The requirement is reduced She doesn't have to make as much because she's nursing She's busy And not only that but the husband also has to provide more So that she's able to nurse properly Um, this is the key line the last line is the key line when do we say all this how much in terms of how much the husband has to give let's say in a case where he's not around what's the bare minimum that he has to give we're talking about the basic this is the bare minimum in terms of a poor person however if it's somebody who's uh, more prominent so then it all goes based on a person's wealth and prominence and this is just the baseline the is describing baseline But it can be very different and, uh, all depends on the marriage and the people who are getting married and the circumstances that they're living in. So every case would be, every case would be different. Okay, that concludes the Mishnah. We'll begin the Gemara, the analysis of the Mishnah, in the next class.